Thank you very much. We have been on a journey about the Holy Spirit. We continue with that until or unless people really fully understand and really show that they have understood the Holy Spirit and they are being led by the Spirit of God. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't pay to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. It's as good as just playing some game somewhere. There is no reward at the end of the day. And because what matters for us as believers is the Spirit of God in us because he is the one who is supposed to help us to where God wants us to be. So we want to continue with the illustrative symbols of the Holy Spirit. Those things in the Bible which show his presence, they are not him, but he appears like those things. You will discover as we go on that when you have this mind of seeing what is happening in the world, many people in the church, they are pursuing those symbols rather than pursuing the Holy Spirit who is in them because they are ignorant of this important truth that he is in you, not there, but here. So people will pursue all those other symbols you'll see as we move on this morning. But I need us to understand that the Holy Spirit is a precious gift, very beautiful gift from God the Father to you the child. How would it be if you bought your child a beautiful birthday gift and they did not want to receive it? When you know fully well that's the gift that they need. Do you know that there are some things you need which you don't know you need? But God knows that you need. And he knows you need the Holy Spirit. So what are these symbols? There are six. Last week, Vesey spoke about one. The dove. Maybe before I get there, I need us to understand that these symbols of the Holy Spirit, they unfold the vast realm of the Holy Spirit. They show us how vast he is in his operations. They show the operational sphere of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't function or operate as one entity. He can appear in many faces. The thing is, do you know him? And can you hear his voice? Through that appearance. Because the enemy masquerades as and appears. Then if you are not sure of the voice, you get caught up in the matrix. And you lose and follow a wrong dove. <laughs> if there is anything like that. You get what I'm talking about. So verse did speak about the dove and the lack. So you remember the dove that the Holy Spirit appeared as. He is not a dove. He appeared as a dove and was seen physically sitting on the Lord Jesus Christ at baptism. Yeah? That, that, that was a reflection 
of humility. The dove is a symbol of humility. Be as harmless as a dove. The Bible says be as wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a a dove. So the dove symbolizes the Holy Spirit's gentleness because he is a gentle spirit. He's a humble spirit. People with the spirit of God are humble people. Yeah? They're not puffed up. They don't beat up their chest. No. Even if they know they love sitting at the back, even if they no, until the spirit pushes them up front. Because he's a gentle spirit. He doesn't quarrel. He doesn't fight for positions. Because he knows that he is in charge. In most cases where there are believers who are quarreling and who are fighting for everything, you know that the spirit of the Lord is not yet in. Because where he is, there is humility. Where he is, there is gentleness. He's a gentle spirit. That's why you cannot call any man on the streets a gentleman. Any man without the spirit of God is not a gentleman. It's not the suit that makes me a gentle man. It's the spirit in me that makes me a gentle man. If you look at you judge the gentlemen by the car they drive, by the lap they wear, and everything else. You fall into the trap of an evil spirit masquerading as a gentleman. Because the spirit of God is a gentle. That's the symbolism of the dove. Jesus was a gentleman, a gentle leader by the power of the spirit in him. That's why they could not even, the Bible teaches us that even if he was among his 12 disciples, his enemies would not tell that that is Jesus until he stood up and spoke. Then they would know. That's why it needed Judas at Gethsemane to come with the enemies and kiss him so they would see that this is the one. Otherwise, they were not going to because him and his disciples looked the same. Very ordinary. That's what the gentle spirit does in a believer. Believers are not, they are flamboyant, charismatic, but they are not carved up like that. Are you with me? You put a believer among the poor, he looks like them, but gently. Yeah? You put him everywhere, he feeds because of the spirit in him. Hallelujah. Praise God. The other symbol that we will dwell on today, I'll just go roughly through this, but we will dwell on one. It's he appears like a fire. Acts chapter 2, can you just... Highlight that scripture. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. We will see this, that the Holy Spirit appears like a fire. The Bible says when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, 
and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. You can go on. I gave you only two scriptures. Are you on three now? Okay, let me read from my pipe. It's not her problem, it was me. So you, you have forgiven me. This. Verse number three is there now. Then, and, right, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. Yeah? Who do you think this was? Previously, Jesus has said, stay, tarry, tarry, tarry there until you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he appears. I don't know what was in their mind, how he was going to appear, you know. You, you always have this picture in you of how you, he might appear, isn't it? But he doesn't appear the way he is not supposed to appear. So he appears this time as divided tongues of fire. Can we imagine fire coming on you <laughs> and sitting on you? And the Bible says suddenly they spoke in other tongues because he had set on them with the tongues of fire. Which appeared like fire. That the Holy Spirit appears like fire. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why you see a lot of people everywhere talking fire, 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 fire. Haven't you heard those people? Eh? Fire, fire. They, they, they are burning. <laughs> they are burning you. Fire, fire, fire. They, they understand he appears like the fire, but they chase the symbol. And not him who appears like a fire, the Holy Spirit in us. So we will dwell on the fire side when we, we come to talk about this one. But what does this fire symbolize? The fire symbolizes his power, his visible power. The power of the Holy Spirit is visible, is tangible. You can see it. Because they saw him when he came. But the other symbol in that scripture is wind. Yeah? When he appeared, they heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Yeah? And then the fire. What does wind mean? Wind symbolizes his unseen power. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit in you is unseen. It's invisible because he's an invisible spirit. You do things and you wonder how you did them. That's the wind of the spirit, the unseen power, the mighty power of the Holy Spirit that appears. He appears in different. You remember the story of Elijah? Yeah? There was the wind, but God was not in the 
meaning that the enemy can also masquerade as the wind. But it is not the wind of God. Because in the wind of the Spirit, there is going to be the voice of the Spirit. And when you have him inside of you, when his wind blows, you know it is him. Because you know each other. So you're not going to chase after any wind. Yeah? Are you with me this far? Right. So that is the wind that came and filled all the place where they were. And there was, I think it was beautiful. I don't know how they felt, but it was their first experience, but I think it was beautiful. Then the Holy Spirit is referred to in the Bible as water. John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. Let's read it together and see. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Who indwells your heart? Eternally, the Holy Spirit. And out of your heart, that Holy Spirit flows like the river of living water. Because the Bible says he has given our mortal bodies life in us. Because of the Spirit of God, your body has life. Not just life, but the life of God. And because of the Holy Spirit in you, there is this river of God that flows in you. The river of the living water. Remember Jesus says he is the living water. If you drink this water, you will not thirst again. Meaning that the water which is Jesus continuously flows inside of you by the reason of the indwelling Holy Spirit who is in you. So you cannot thirst, meaning you cannot walk alone like Liverpool. You cannot walk alone because the Spirit of God is inside. Listen, don't be led by feelings because feelings will say to you, you are by yourself. You are dry. This is a dry place. You are unable. Those are feelings. They are deceiving you. You are never alone. There is a river of the living water inside of you flowing. You can do life anywhere. The challenge is we allow our feelings to detect, not the Spirit of God in us. Are you with me this morning? Amen. That's the Holy Spirit as water. This is talking of his indwelling presence in a believer. He indwells us. He gives us Eternally, he gives us eternal life and he gives us freshness. When you are feeling low, don't look for the externals to be revived. Look internally. Yeah? The power of your revival is inside of you. You are a self-generating being by the reason of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Look inside. Talk to your neighbor and say, look inside. Don't look at me. Look inside. I know that when we are feeling low as people, naturally, we look for things eh, 
to revive us. But we don't do that because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He has put in us all we need in all circumstances in this present life. The idea is to tune in. Hallelujah. Then there's the symbol of the oil where the Holy Spirit is regarded as oil. That's why we use a lot of oil. That's why these days even prophets are selling oil. You see, they are trying to sell the Holy Spirit. They, they, <laughs> there's a lot of confusion when it comes to this oil thing. I caught this one from Philistine. I caught this one from Israel. This one, And people are busy. With oil, 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 oil. Mm -mm. Listen, that oil is inside of you now. You have it. You have somebody better than that oil in the Barclay. Yes, you can still use oil. James says we can anoint you with the oil, isn't it? Yes. Which is also a symbol of the Spirit of God. But now you have the anointing. You have God's anointing inside of you. Let's look at Acts chapter 10 verse 38. This thing is inside of you. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Not with the oil. Yes, in the Old Testament it was the oil because the Holy Spirit was seen in symbols. But here, he is the one God uses to anoint a believer. All of us here are anointed of the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God and power. Because the Spirit of God comes with power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. In other words, you shall receive power when you have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. When it comes upon you. That's why oil, we pour it on you for anointing. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you receive power to do what you ought to do. So we see oil. Wherever you see oil in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it is a reference and a pointer to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. Now God anoints us with the Holy Spirit, I have said that. And we are anointed of God. Hallelujah. I know that we want people to lay hands on us to say we are anointed. Congratulations. But believe this this morning. You are anointed with the Spirit of God in power. You are able you have the Holy Spirit in you. And then the last one is a seal. You get this one in Ephesians chapter 1, I think verse 13. Yes, let's, let's look at the seal. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Sealed, wrapped up. Do not accept when the seal is it broken. That's how you are. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. You will only be opened up by Christ Jesus. <laughs> the devil can't temper with the seal on your life. This is a mark. A mark in a believer that shows that you belong to Jesus. The evidence is here. You remember the song. And what is that evidence? You have the Spirit of God in you. 
And how do we know that there is a spirit of God in you? In the Bible, it says the evidence will be. Anyone who understands that, you can talk to me. The evidence that the spirit of God is in you will be talking in other tongues. That's the basic evidence. In other words, every believer is expected to at least say something. <laughs> That's the mark. Don't be afraid of it. Because that is who you are. That's who you ought to be. Brother KK, how do I speak in tongues? I don't know. But the Holy Spirit is in you. How did I speak in tongues? I took a book by Kenneth E. Harkins speaking in tongues. I wanted to read the book and I said to the Lord, I'm going to read this book at the end of it. I want to be speaking in tongues. I just read the foreword, which is a testimony of how he spoke in tongues. And in the middle of the foreword, I was speaking in tongues. I didn't even finish the book. Because already I received what I wanted. You ask. Go with me to Luke chapter 11. Let me just show you. This is a bonus. We are towards the end of the year. Remember there are bonuses. So I'm giving you a bonus here this morning. Luke chapter 11. If you read from verse 9 to 13. But let me read from verse 13 on because of my time. If you then... Being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? To those who do what? Ask him. Hallelujah. So ask. He will not give you a snake. He will not give you a demon. <laughs> he will not give you a wrong thing. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. And when he comes... He comes in his fullness inside of a believer. In his fullness. And he does what only the Holy Spirit ought to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, I need us to understand as we go on, I'm rushing now, that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is, is, is wide, is deep. And what is crucial is knowing him. And what you need to understand is these days what you see in the world is the world trying to fake the Holy Spirit. Fire. Anointing oil. And many other things, isn't it? Yeah. But you don't have to be deceived by those things and cheated because you know the Holy Spirit. When you know him, you can see and tell that he is not there. That's not him. That's a demon. So be careful what you praise and be careful what you curse because you might praise demonic spirits and they curse the Holy Spirit. So that's why you need to be led by the Spirit of God inside of us as believers. And that's why it is important in most cases when you are not sure to zip up. To keep quiet. Because both ends are wrong before God. Praising a demonic spirit and cursing the Holy Spirit. They are both wrong. And if you were to do a non-aligned movement, how many people remember the non-aligned movement? If you were to do that, you zip up. 
until you are sure of the facts and the truth. Then you can move on. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord this morning. So we, we, we want to look at this fire thing, the fire symbol. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, our God is a consuming fire. Eh? Not like fire. This is God, eh? He's not like a consuming fire. He is a consuming fire. And the Holy Spirit appears like fire. Yeah? Do, do you see the matrix here? He appears like fire. He is God. He appears in the nature and culture of God. Who is a consuming fire. And when fire comes in here, it burns things. That's why there is a lot of testimonies for believers who when receiving the Holy Spirit, they will tell you that they are feeling a burning sensation. It's like their bodies are burning. And some, the majority of them fail to control it. That's why you see them running like they are mad. And doing all strange things, jumping, falling, rolling and screaming. The burning sensation. Because he is standing in for the consuming fire. <laughs> and he appears like the fire. And when he is in you, the flesh cannot hold that sensation. Yeah? But when you know, you will probably sit calm and stop knocking against the walls and everything else. So I want us to look at this knowing that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God who is a consuming fire. So he also <laughs> has the fire because he has the nature of the consuming fire. How, where do we see the Holy Spirit as fire? Exodus chapter 3. Right in the Old Testament. Everywhere he was there. Verse 2 to 5. Let's go there. And the angel of the Lord, yes, appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. The angel of the Lord appeared in him in a flame of fire. Moses is seeing this spectacular eh, appearance. The bush is burning, but it is not burning. Yeah? The bush is on fire, but it is not burning. And in the bush speaks the Lord. Yeah? Do you see that? That was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Hmm? He's one who came in the bush. What does that mean? That was symbolizing the divine presence. The, pre the divine was present there. And when the divine appears in the spirit, it can appear the way it wants to appear. And this time it appears as fire on a bush that was not burning. And the Lord says, remove your shoes, man. The place is holy. And God speaks to Moses and gives him an assignment. Fire symbolizes the presence of the divine. That is the fire of the Holy Spirit. 
presence of the divine. Even in the demonic world, they use fire. <laughs> yeah? They use fire because it's a spiritual entity. You heard me. I'm not talking about the demonic. It's not my, my field. The Holy Spirit in you signifies the divine presence. That's why we say there is evidence. The evidence is here that God is here. That God indwells here. What's the evidence? The Holy Spirit. Divine presence. So we see the Holy Spirit in Exodus 3. We see him again in Exodus 13. I just picked up one scripture, verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them among the, along the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and night. I have no time to talk about the cloud. The Holy Spirit is a cloud. But he is here. As a pillar of fire at night. Israel is on a journey. Eh? You remember the story? He's on a journey. And during the day, the cloud comes and covers them. The sun cannot burn them or scorch them. Yeah? They're covered. And during the night, the fire comes and lights up the way. Exactly what the Holy Spirit does in a believer. Lighting up the way. Showing you the way. Yeah? Teaching you the way. Leading you and guiding you in the way. You are never alone. It doesn't matter how dark you think your life is. He's inside of you. He's doing a marvelous work. A beautiful work. Hallelujah. This was both the present and the physical. He was not yet indwelling believers. Remember in the Old Testament, he is not inside believers, but he comes as these symbols which they would see to lead. Because he cannot be in a believer now because Jesus has not yet gone to the cross. So he comes as all these symbols and is physical, is seen. And he could come upon some men, like we said the other day, eh? and they would do mighty and strange things. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, don't look at the fires. He is inside of you. He indwells you. Hallelujah. Right, let, let's move on. We have seen this in the... Acts chapter 2, right. Acts chapter 1, uh, yes. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we have seen this, that it was the baptism of fire. You remember? When he came on them, the wind and the fire, that was the baptism, which John the Baptist foretold in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 and 13. Did I give you Matthew? Okay, I, I will read this one. Matthew chapter 3. Verse 11 and 12, John the Baptist foretold what we saw or what we see there. Verse 11 and 12 says that, Indeed, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So, the tongues of fire in Acts chapter 2 are a symbol and a fulfillment of this. 
A baptism of believers in fire. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, he baptizes you. Not only with power, but with fire. What is this fire? This fire that keeps the believer going. This passion. This passion for the things of God. The passion for heaven things. For the kingdom things. That's what When you have the fire of the Holy Spirit, you want to do all things. Because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This enthusiasm, this passion to want to save, to want to do whatever it is, that's the fire. The fire, the fire. Leviticus chapter 6 verse 13. I'm trying to rush now so I can keep up with my, my time. Leviticus, yes, chapter 6 verse 13. Let's read that. Bible says, fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out. Eh? What's the symbolism of this? The Holy Spirit in the believer keeps burning continually. It cannot be put out. And yet you and me can actually put out the fire of the Spirit. We can put him off. We can quench him. Like verse said last week. So, the role of a believer is to make certain he does not put out the fire of the Spirit. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit has left you, no. He is inside you, a believer, but you are not doing the things he wants you to do. You're no longer feeling the sensations. You're no longer feeling the passions. You no longer care about his nudgings and the edgings and the unctions inside of you. You leave everything to chance and you begin to walk by sight. And that is what is called disobedience. Disobedience puts out the fire of the Spirit. Have you not seen some believers when they are new in the Lord? Oh my goodness, God. They will do anything. They will wake up at 12 midnight and pray. They will visit prisons and hospitals. They will lay hands on the sick. They will do everything. But later on, when they grab shoulders with the seasoned believers, they get colder and colder and colder, if there is a word like that. They lose the sensation. They have put out the fire. Of the Holy Spirit. They've put out the etching. The reason why the church or Christians or believers worldwide are so dormant, they look like they don't exist, is not because they are gently. No. Most of it is because they have put out the fire. They can't stand up for anything that is of the kingdom of God. I pray we will not get there. I pray we are not there. If we are there, be revived in Jesus' name. Because your duty is to keep that edge. The edge to pray. He edges you to pray. He, he pressurizes you to pray. You want, you feel like you pray. And then say, I oh, know, let me just see this movie through. And the moment the movie is through, your flesh wants to sleep. Ah, 
He's sleeping. There's no prayer. That's disobedience. When the Holy Spirit urges you to do something, he is not do, saying do it tomorrow. Now. 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 So the urge to pray. Don't put it off. The urge to speak. He, he put something in you right now. Tell, stand up. Speak. Speak. Say this. Speak. 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 Ah, what will people think? Ah, no. No, I need to go and pray first. But he praying to who? He is the one who is saying speak. Yeah? Speak, teach, preach. Stand up here, preach, say something. No, I need to confirm this. Yeah? I need to phone my pastor. Pastor, you know, I hear these voices these days. And like, he's moved. He's gone. Yeah? To another person is going to raise another one day. And they speak and say, ah, exactly. You know what? I would have said that, yes, you would have said it, but you did not say it. Because you disobeyed the edging of the Holy Spirit. You know? You've put out the fire. The edge to read the word. He says, read the Bible. Read. Read the Bible. Read the word. And sometimes he gives you the direct scripture. Read John chapter 3.16, John 3.16, John 3.16. Read the Bible. Ah, let me get a book by Jackson, by Joyce Meyer. And read, but he said, read the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? He gives us these edges. The edge to make a call to someone. Please call Clive. Call Clive. Clive is all over your heart. And you wonder why. The Spirit of God is saying, call, 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 call. Because there is something. Your call can make a difference. I always tell a story that one day I was driving all the way from Marare after Gweru. And the Spirit of the Lord just said to me, call. Let me not use the real name of the lady, but let me just say, use my wife's name. It was not her. Let me, the Spirit said, call Adelaide, but that was not the name, yeah? This was another lady we work with at World Vision. Call. And I pulled off the road and took my phone and called. And she answered the call crying. Screaming, oh, Pastor, hey, 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 this, this. She was in serious trouble. And in that trouble, she needed somebody to say, no, you can do it. You can make it. You need somebody to say, come on, stop crying and Pray. Call unto the name of the Lord. At that moment, that's what he needed. So the Spirit will give these edges in you, but we continue to put out the fire. And pack. And pack. And we miss the time. Give me, yes, what's my time? One minute. Yes. The edge to give. Give, 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 give. We are not giving. The edge to keep silent, eh? Some of us love talking. And the Holy Spirit is saying, shut up. Keep quiet. And, and you mess everything up. And mess yourself up. Yeah? Remember, he can keep quiet. Eh? If you want to know, look at Jesus. Jesus would keep quiet. Not because he had nothing to say. But because... The context needed that he kept quiet so that the plan of God is fulfilled. 
We're not supposed to be speaking every time because we have the spirit of God. No, he tells us to shut up. Obey and keep quiet. But don't keep quiet and say the spirit said I must keep quiet when he didn't say that. This age, not to travel, he can say to you, don't travel. You want to travel, congratulations, but you are not traveling. Yeah? Stay home. You want to travel in British Airways, you are not going to do that, but you are going to travel South African Airways. You will have to comply as a believer because he knows why. Yes? You are not going to travel to Arare through Kadoma. I want you to travel through, is it what? Mvuma or whatever. Mvuma. Hey, it's fun, no? He knows why. He knows why. Your duty is to obey. The age to take a different route or the age to do business or not to do business. You want to team up with somebody for business and inside of you, there is this age that says, Mm-mm, wait a minute. Mm, don't go for it. But this business deal looks so lucrative. Yeah. And you go for it, ignoring the etching of the Holy Spirit. And before you know it, you have lost. And now you are crying, oh God, where were you? Oh God, where were you? When all this happened, he was there. He spoke to you. And you put out the fire. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a fire of the Spirit in us. The passion of the Holy Ghost in you. Every believer. Arise in that passion. And do what only you can do. Don't look at the person next to you. The assignment is yours. Yeah? The edging is yours. And the reward of obedience is yours. And remember, the reward of disobedience is yours too. It's not for us. So as a believer, if you are going to have a successful Christian life, listen to your teacher. It's a dull child who doesn't listen to your teacher. They fail at school. eh? They are problematic students. The parent is always called because they are not listening to the teacher. But your teacher is the Holy Spirit. Listen to him. Hear him out. He has good news for you. He will keep you on track. He will keep you strong. He will keep you vibrant. He will keep you excited and excelling. What have I said this morning? Don't quench the fire. Don't put out the fire. Let it burn continually on the altar. God bless you this week. In Jesus' name, thanks.